morning. It's good to be back. Feels like I'm home now for sure. Back in the saddle of speaking every Sunday for a while, so uh, it's good to be home. Cindy and I traveled over the last couple weeks about 4,500 miles in our car, and it was we had a great time. Went to uh, drop our daughter off in Norman, Oklahoma, so she could go to college. And then we went to Nashville, Tennessee, Memphis, Tennessee, to see some friends who used to be members here, Bill and Latana Wells, and then went to Nashville, Tennessee, to visit my sister. My brother-in-law had had uh, surgery. He had prostate cancer, and that is all gone now, so that's, that's an answer to prayer. And then stopped back by Fort Worth to visit my son and his wife, which sort of was our first visit with them without having a reason to be in Fort Worth other than to visit them. So that was, that was a new experience. But we had a great time, and it's good to be back. I'm really looking forward to the fall here at CIV, all the things that are going on, the things that are planned, and the ways that God might use us as a congregation to bless uh, one another and the world around us. I'm, I'm anxious to see what what goes on. I don't know if you've picked it up, but just to sort of tie some themes together, this this is the fall of relationships. We're uh, doing Authentic Friends series. We're going to do In Vantage Point, Constructive Communication. And then the women are doing, in their life groups, they're doing Relationship Principles of, of the Lord. So uh, that that should be should be good. I'm looking forward to it. Um, we're wrapping up this series today, uh, Heroes, and there are a ton more heroes in, in Scripture that we could dive into. So I was sitting here thinking, well, maybe there will be a part two and a part three of volume four or five someday. But uh, it's been great looking at the heroes in Scripture, the examples that God gives us to imitate in Abraham, Moses, Daniel, Nehemiah, Joseph, and today Ruth. And really, not only Ruth, but Ruth's mother-in-law, Naomi. So we're going to dig into that. The reason we are, Romans 15.4 says, Everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through endurance and the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. So as you get into these lives of the people who've lived before us, we learn lessons. We see God working and it helps us to have endurance in the middle of what we're dealing with, to hang in there, to continue to choose faith. And it encourages us and gives us hope as we see God provide and God work. So we, we've been learning from the lives of great men. Now we're going to look today at the life of a great woman. And so here's the story of Ruth. Ruth's story is not near as epic as Abraham or Moses parting the Red Sea and doing the things that that some of them did, Daniel and the lion's den and the things that he faced. It's a story about a very ordinary woman who does some ordinary things, but in the midst of that, she chooses loyalty. And the loyalty and love that she exhibits brings an epic reward. So her story isn't so epic, but the reward that she receives from God is epic, and it shows you how important Loyalty and love are to God, how much they mean to him. It's interesting, Ben Franklin, when he was an ambassador to France, he attended 
what was called the Infidels Club. And that was a group that spent most of their time searching for and reading literary masterpieces. And at one meeting, he read the book of Ruth, but he changed the names of the characters so that they wouldn't recognize it was a book from the Bible. And after he was done reading it, they said that was one of the most beautiful short stories we have ever heard. Where did you find that masterpiece? And then with great joy, Ben Franklin said, it's in the Bible. This is the book of Ruth. And so I'd encourage you, and that's going to be one of our next steps at the end, is read the book of Ruth. It's only 88 verses, very short book. But an amazing story of love and loyalty in the midst of family life and romance. (laughs) It's it's a really good story. Um, But he, he took great delight in telling them it was a book from the Bible because that's a book that they derided and scorned. So here's where the story begins, the story of Ruth. Ruth 1, 1 through 5. In the days when the judges ruled, this is before Israel had a king, there was a famine in the land, and a man from Bethlehem and Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. Moab had food, so they went there. The man's name was Elimelech, his wife's name Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malan and Kilian. They were Ephrathites. That's just another name for Bethlehem. It's an old, it's an old name for Bethlehem, Ephrathah. Uh, they were Ephrathites from Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to Moab and lived there. Now, Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. And she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women. One named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about ten years, both Malin and Killian also died. And Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. When Naomi's last son died, that was like going completely bankrupt in her society, in the world in which she lived. There, there was now no retirement plan for her, nothing. Her future was rocked. There was no security for her in, in her old age. There was nothing to fall back on. And so she, she was left in quite a spot. This was tragedy, not only in the sense that her husband and her two sons had died, um, but tragedy in the sense that now, not only does she have to deal with the grief, she's got to figure out How am I going to live and how am I going to be taken care of when I can't take care of myself? And so as the rest of the story, as the rest of the story unfolds, we learn that God highly values and rewards the loyalty and love that comes from faith. Ruth 1, 15 through 18, Naomi her husband and then her two sons died. She's left with a relationship to her daughters-in-law. And they're, they're really her only hope for uh, her future. But rather than cling to them to say, stay with me and help me, <laughs> I'm in a pinch. In fact, I don't know how this is going to go. What she does is she says, look. Uh, This is what she says to Ruth. 
because she, she had urged them already to go back to their homeland to find a husband. So she says to Ruth, look, said Naomi, your, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. This is the third time Naomi had tried to get Ruth to turn back. And so she finally realized, I don't think Ruth's going. She was trying to look out for her. Say, look, you've got a lot better opportunity back home. But Ruth refused. And in Ruth's statement, her response to Naomi, it's a very profound statement of faith that is made here by both women. Naomi is looking out for Ruth's best interest when she tells her to go back to Moab and let her family care for her. Better prospects of finding a guy in Moab than where we're going because you're going to be a foreigner, you're different. Uh, So go back. Take care of yourself. You'll be okay. Naomi refuses to demand that Ruth help her, even though she is in dire need. That is, a, that is an amazing act of faith. Here's, here's the only hope that she has for someone able to care for her. And she's encouraging her. She's releasing her. She's freeing her up to go take care of herself. That, that's amazing. So, by refusing to manipulate Ruth or get clingy and try to hold on to her, she, she is choosing faith in the Lord God, the one that she trusts. And then in her response, Ruth, in effect, says, I am going to trust my future to your God. This is sort of, I don't know when Ruth decided to make uh, the God of Israel her God, but this is a definite statement that she had. This is a different point when she said, okay, I am, I am no longer going to follow my gods. I'm not going to do life that way. I am going to follow the living God, and I'm going to trust my future to him. Faith is always a root of love and loyalty, and that's what you see going on with these women. First uh, Timothy 1.5 says the goal of this command is love, which comes from uh, a good conscience, a sincere faith, and, and um, something else I can't remember right now. Um, but faith is a root of genuine love. So you can see Naomi really loves Ruth by letting her go to take care of herself. Ruth really loves Naomi by, by choosing loyalty toward her. That, that's an amazing example of an everyday faith. This is what we, we have to do this every day. And the way we relate to our family, we've got stuff going on. And, you know, I'd love to just convince them to help me with my stuff. Or I'd, I'd, I'd love to just, you know, 
do something to get their attention and help them realize how much I need. But faith says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let them do what they need to do. And I'm going to trust God to provide. Now, they may notice that I need some help and give the help. I wouldn't refuse that. But I am not going to put the barb in them to, to make them do what I need them to do. That, that, is, that requires faith. That's an everyday, very ordinary faith that we can live as we walk through life. Moving on in this story, we see how God rewards loyalty, love, and faith in this way. What God, what God does for Ruth and Naomi, he, he does for everyone who trusts him and continues to walk by faith in him. He protects, he provides, and he honors. First of all, we see God's protection. When Ruth and Naomi arrive back in Bethlehem, Ruth starts to work right away in the fields at a considerable risk. She, she goes to work in, in the, the wheat fields or corn fields, and she um, does so in, in a, an environment that is a very risky one. As you read along in the book, in the story, you understand that this carries about the same risk as going into a neighborhood where there's a known stalker who's been stalking women. That's the idea you get as you read the story. This, this is a scary thing. She's going out in the fields alone. She's a foreigner. And there are men working in the fields who could attack her. And so she, she does this. This is an extreme kindness that she's showing to Naomi. She's the only one able to do this. I mean, they, you don't go to the 7-Eleven and buy bread. You know, it, in, this, in this day and age, you go to the fields, you get the wheat, you ground it, you make it into bread. So uh, she, she happens, as she goes out to the fields to work, she just happens to come to the field of Boaz, who is a relative of her dead father-in-law. So she ends up in the field of a relative. And, of course, this is God's providence and protection for Ruth as a reward for her faith. The Lord rewards her faith by bringing her to work in the field of Boaz. And, and listen to how God protects through this man. This is Ruth 2, 8 through 9. So Boaz said to Ruth, My daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field, and don't go away from here. Stay here with my servant girls. Watch the field where the men are harvesting, and follow along after the girls. I have told the men not to touch you. And whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars that the men have filled. So, Boaz, the owner of the field, sets protection. He protects her because he understands the risk that's there. There are stalkers in the fields. And so, God brings her to this field where a man shows kindness to her and protects her. In the, in the story, we also find God's provision. While she's working, Boaz says, feel free to drink from the water jars of my workers the ones that the, men's, the men have filled. filled. And uh, you also see in Ruth 2, 15 through 16, 
As she got up to glean, so he's, he's talking to her, she gets up to glean, Boaz gave orders to the men, even if she gathers among the sheaves, don't embarrass her. Rather, pull out some stalks for her from the bundles and leave them for her to pick up and don't rebuke her. So what he's saying is, as you're working, you know, just dump a few things for her just to provide and take care of her. That's it's really, God had made provision that... What she was doing, going into the fields, this is God's provision. It was a normal thing for the poor to do. In Leviticus, in Leviticus 19, he had stipulated that in Israel, uh, if you owned a field, you should not, you should leave the boundaries ungleaned, I think is what you'd call it, and then you should just leave a little something for the poor to pick up. So that they would be taken care of. So this was a normal thing, but Boaz is throwing some some extra kindness her way. So uh, this was normal, but Boaz adds to God's provision with extra kindness. And uh, I'm thinking Ruth, the, the name Ruth means beauty. And so I'm thinking Boaz extra kindness might have raised some eyebrows. In his uh, circle. And, um, you know, people would say, have you noticed the way that Boaz is looking at that Moabite woman? Have you seen what he, the way he's he taking care of her? And, and uh, something, you know, you know how you say something's going on there with them. Something's happened. I don't know what. Something's going on. And so that, that was probably going on. But fairly quickly, I'm, I'm not going to go through the whole process, chapter 3. You could read how they end up coming together and they, they get, they marry. Ruth and Boaz. They marry. And Ruth 4, 13 through 15 says, So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. Then he went to her and the Lord enabled her to conceive and she gave birth to a son. The women said to Naomi, Praise be to the Lord who this day has not left you without a kinsman redeemer. That was a technical phrase. Uh, God had provided for a way uh, for a woman in Naomi's situation. In the law, he'd also provided for a way for her future to become secure. Now, there are some things that had to happen. You had to have a a kinsman redeemer who was willing to take care of you. And uh, so you find out that the Lord put this together so that her retirement plan would be in place. And... uh, The Lord had not left her without a kinsman redeemer. May he become this baby. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age for your daughter-in-law who loves you and is better to you than seven sons has given him birth. Sorry. (laughs) As soon as I chose to do this on Ruth, I realized I set myself up. My mom used to call Cindy her Ruth. And and they they were a really good picture of this. My mom was always very grateful. Didn't want Cindy to feel obliged to do what she was doing. And Cindy really loved her, just like this. So I'm going to try to pull myself together. 
and keep going. Ah, so you see God's protection and provision. And then honor. Uh, she, Ruth, received honor before men. Uh, let's go back to the, the beginning of the story when Ruth f- first started working in the fields. Boaz replied to her, to Ruth, I've been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. Unobliged kindness is important to God. How you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you richly be richly Rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Boaz recognized this is obviously a faith move for Ruth, what she has done. When we're in trouble, we're going to choose who we trust. Ruth decided, I'm going to trust the living God of Israel. I'm going to put my faith in him. And she, this is recognized. There's a buzz in the community, in the family. And she is recognized as a woman who has shown tremendous, unobliged kindness to Naomi. Ruth 3. And now, my daughter, uh, Boaz says, don't be afraid. I will do for you all that you ask. All my fellow townsmen know that you are a woman of noble character. Another translation says a woman of excellence. So in her ordinary kindness, this decision to care for her mother-in-law, she gains a reputation as a woman of excellence, a woman of noble character. The city has been buzzing about Ruth's love and loyalty toward her mother-in-law. And then through having this son at the end of the, the story, Ruth received even greater honor from the Lord. This is the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew 1. We skip ahead. Matthew 1, 5 and 6. Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. She, she is mentioned and honored as one of the descendants of Jesus Christ. So her ordinary <clears throat> loyalty and love is something God holds as highly valued and important. And she is honored in an amazing way. She's a Moabite woman. She ends up in the genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ, which also shows that none of that matters to God. (laughs) The only thing about Israel that was special is God decided to, to use them to try to get to the rest of the world. He honors faith from all people, all who who will trust in him. So in this story of loyalty and romance, there are some hidden keys to make our relationships flourish. That's that's really a sketchy walk through the story that I've just given you. And what I want to do is encourage you to read it yourself and then give you some hidden keys to make our relationships flourish that you find in this story. Uh, We can see these keys in the way that Ruth and Naomi related to each other, and we can gain some help for our own relationships across the spectrum of our lives uh, with our family, 
in our marriages, relating to our kids, with our friends, our co-workers, our roommates, whatever. Across all relationships, this works. Here is one of the key ideas. Mutual benefit and blessing are a key to having relationships that flourish. Uh, they wither without that. Both people in the relationship, uh, if it's going to be good and flourish, it can continue without both, but if it's going to really be good, both need to aim at blessing the other. First thing we see, one of the keys is a love that shows consideration. Ruth 8, 1, 8 through 9, says, Then Naomi said to her two daughter-in-laws, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show kindness to you, as you have shown to your dead and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Much better chance of finding a guy among her own people in Moab. Then she kissed them, and they wept aloud. Orpah goes back. But Naomi as she's continuing to try to persuade Ruth to go to her homeland, she is not trying to manipulate Ruth in any way, shape, or form to stay with her, but she's showing genuine love for her. Consideration, that's how you spell love. (laughs) Many times, consideration, that's genuine love. You're considering the needs, the perspectives, the struggles. You're considering the other person. And you're showing real love to them in the way you read. Naomi does this. She set Ruth free to go knowing that she really was too old to take care of herself. Naomi trusted God and continued to show genuine love to Ruth. Ruth responds to Naomi by showing genuine kindness, which is another key. A love that shows up in consideration and genuine kindness. These things will keep relationships going and make them flourish. Ruth 2.2, and and Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, Let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Naomi said to her, Go ahead, my daughter. So Ruth picks up the the role of I'm going to go out and try to provide for us. I'm going to go do the work. And, And that's kindness. To show kindness means that you stop, you lay aside your own load and your own things that you have to deal with, and you help someone else with their needs. So that's what she's doing. It's very easy through our day to choose tunnel vision. And maybe we see a need out of the corner of our eye, but we're just, we've got our, we've got this stuff to deal with. We don't want to look at that. We don't want to pay attention to what's going on with the other folks. And so even though we may start to recognize the needs uh, and see them, we, tunnel vision. We're staying focused and locked on our stuff. If you want good relationships, you look for ways to bless and to show kindness and meet needs of the people around you. You're not staying focused on your own load, but you're, you're showing kindness to people around you. By nature, we want to make sure that our needs are met and our stuff is covered. So it's very easy to start complaining about our load, to let everybody know what we need, or to try to get them to help you with it. But real faith is being able to handle yours, trust God that he's going to give you what you need to handle it, and then continue to show kindness as you can to the people around you. 
That's how relationships flourish. And if you follow God, he is going to keep peeling you inside out to love other people this way. Through this consideration and kindness that Naomi and Ruth showed to one another. Now, here's the final key, the hidden key to flourishing relationships. It's to refuse undue obligation. Ruth 1.15, look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. Naomi kept saying this. <laughs> Go back. Come on. She said it three times. You, you need to go back. Take care of yourself. I'll, I'll figure out something <laughs> for my future. Naomi keeps urging Ruth to go back to her home, and in doing this, she removes all undue obligation. She cuts the strings. She says, you go take care of yourself. Unrealistic expectations and undue obligation, they kill relationships. Relationships wither under these things. It drains the joy right out of them. And so this is a very, very important point. It's easy to put the whammy on your family or friends by trying to get them to meet your own needs. And we do this in a couple ways. One is through seductive helplessness. Uh, by either being sick, you know, maybe, maybe something's going on and you get sick and you really need somebody to do something for you. You need to you try to get attention that way. People do that. Uh, either sickness or just being down or lonely and you whine about it so maybe somebody will pay attention to you or give you some time. Or, or by being shy and, and having them, you know, you're, you're doing stuff and you really, you really need them to kind of stay close. And so that's one of the strategies we have, seductive helplessness, where we're drawing people to take care of our needs and sort of center around us. Another strategy is just flat-out manipulation. We either guilt them or uh, we're belligerent because they're not getting it, they're not giving us the answers, doing what we want them to do, or we come up with some kind of game that we're playing, or we overserve them. You can overserve and overgive with, and you serve and give with, a string. You just plant the string in. You're just going to try to reel them in to do what you want later on as you do that. So uh, when, when you put the whammy on your friends and fam- family this way, the joy goes out of relationships. Th- this is a key. This un- you know, refusing undue obligation is a key to enjoyable relationships that flourish. You trust God to meet your needs. As you let others around you be free, either to help you or not. And, and as you do that, what, what's good is, I, it, it, I, th- I can hear Ruth saying, you know, Lord, I'd really like her to stay and go back to Bethlehem with me. But I'm going to let her go. That's up to you. I trust you with this. I'm going to put this there. I'm going to give my expectations to you. I'm not even going to have that expectation. I'm not going to let it form in my mind. She's not obligated to me. She doesn't have to do that. I'm going to let her go. Boy, that breathes life into the relationship. Ruth can freely choose to show love to her mother-in-law now. Um, In freeing up Ruth, Naomi has given her future to God. 
That's exactly what we have to do. Uh, This is the key to enjoyable relationships. A demanding attitude kills them. To stop demanding, you have to choose faith. Lord, I'm I'm not sure how I'm going to deal with all this stuff today, but I'm going to trust you to help me do it. I'm going to give it to you and trust you to give me what I need and help me do exactly what you want me to do with this day. There's some next steps that we could take as a result of looking at the story of Ruth and her example to us. I think a great step would be to read the book. It's only 88 verses, as I mentioned earlier. Um, Another step would be to trust God and choose loyalty in a situation uh, that he leads you to to show loyalty in. That, That requires faith. Because what we want to do sometimes is complain and mumble, bite, bite our tongue, set our heart to show loyalty, either to an authority over us or someone we're connected to who, who needs our help. What God, what am I going to do if I serve them? Who's going to look out for me? Who's going to take care of my needs? Well, God, you are. I'm going to trust you to do that. I know you will. You'll protect, you'll provide, and you'll honor what I do in faith. Uh, Another step would be to show consideration and kindness. That, That requires faith as well. But maybe there's somebody around you, you see their needs, and you've been ignoring them. You've chosen tunnel vision, and the Lord's laid it on your heart to show consideration and kindness in some way. And then finally, I'm going to exercise faith and refuse undue obligation. Maybe as we've been looking at this story, it's come to mind that you've been having unrealistic expectations and uh, choosing undue obligation. Let that go and make that one of the steps that you could take. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask him for help as we set out to obey him. Father, we thank you for your, your truth that you show us in your word. And this is an amazing story of your protection, your provision, your kindness, your reward that you hand out to those who walk by faith, show your love, and choose loyalty uh, in, in the midst of the freedom that we have in these relationships. God, thank you for this reminder this morning. Help us to have the power to take the steps to obey you and to walk with you this week in the ways that you've shown us. I ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.